Hey guys, welcome back to the life of a conspiracy theorist. I am your host, Derek, and today we will be talking about reptilians. Now, I have been doing a podcast since I have not been on YouTube on this platform in this way for a while now. And I've been focusing on my podcast, which you can check out on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor, wherever podcasts are. You can actually look it up, find us as part of a uh, life of a conspiracy theorist. Plus, you can check out the new book that we have out. Uh, where I kind of do this tongue-in-cheek where it's like this dictionary of understanding the, the mind of all these conspiracies. But I don't think reptilians is too as much as a conspiracy, and we're going to talk about that into this podcast. Now, if you follow my podcast, you also know that I believe in the scriptures, that I'm a Christian. But I also believe that the other ancient texts that we have are very much viable. They're very much needed. They're very much to have understanding, such as the Mahabara or, you know, these other ancient texts that are around the world. And one thing is, is that a lot of people, I thought this was very, very interesting, 4%, this was a poll that was taken, 4% of Americans or, or believe that we are ruled by the reptilians. Now, what is a reptilian? Let me just go ahead and get started. It deals with the archons, these anointed ones. When people take akawasa and take other hallucinogenic um, drug, you know, that they take that stuff in so that they can get into an altered state. And then get in that altered state, they will meet the archons or meet the, the spiritualists or meet the, the anointed ones or meet the, you know, um, the ones in which give knowledge. And a lot of things has come with uh, ufology that's kind of changed a little bit, surprisingly, um, is that now people believe that they can go outside and have a group of people and they can collectively sit there and meditate and call forth these entities. And you could check out on YouTube. I've been looking with surprise when I got back doing stuff on YouTube, seeing that so many people are now recording or recognizing that these entities or these things exist. So what does that mean from my standpoint? Well, my standpoint is, is that I think that all ancient texts gives us all a little knowledge. And in that knowledge gives us these nuggets that we can see that maybe sometimes these conspiracy theories that are thrown out there, that we have shape-shifting reptilians in control of the world, may not be so far from the truth. And you've got to hear me out. So the reptilians is a conspiracy theory. David Icke, which we're going to look right here, uh, I am actually going to be using the website for a little bit, the Anunnaki.org. You can check that out if you want to. Um, but reptoids or archons are supposedly human uh, reptilian humanoids, which play a potential role in the science uh, and the 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 life and theories of mankind. The idea of reptilians was uh, popularized by David Icke a conspiracy theorist who claims that shape-shifting reptile aliens control Earth by taking on human form and gaining political power to manipulate human societies. Now, it's interesting. As a believer in the Scriptures, is there anywhere in the Scriptures that you could possibly see that reptilians have in some way influenced 
mankind. And you have to look no further, and I will be using the Bible and also from the King James, also the ESV, um, as tools for this for this discussion. The thing that gets me is that it's interesting that you have you have this event that takes place called the Fall of Man in the Bible, and the Fall of Man, you know how it happens is rather rather interesting. You go in the third chapter; it says, "Now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field, which the Lord God." Had made. Now it's referring to a serpent here. It is referring to what people uh, have just taken as being um, a snake, a snake itself. But when you get to the Hebrew, you really realize this thing is known as the Nakash. And that the Nakash is essentially a humanoid lizard, one in which. This one here in particular will eventually have to crawl on his belly. So it says, in the ESV, it says, Now the serpent was more crafty than any other beast of the field that the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, Did God actually say, You shall not eat of the tree in the garden? Again, influencing Eve. And influencing Eve in a way that shows that he was manipulative and he was controlling. So right off in the scriptures, when Christians will ask, Well, are reptilians real? If are UFOs, are we supposed to discount this stuff and not think that it's important? No, it's very, very important you understand that these entities are interwoven in the scriptures from the from the very beginning of Genesis to the very end of Revelation. So you have these this this creature, there's a serpent or Nakash, that beguiles. It's interesting, it says it beguiles Eve. Um, and the woman said to the serpent, now it's interesting, Adam was allowed to name all the animals. He was allowed to name all the animals. And the interesting thing is, is that when she meets the serpent, he has authority that she recognizes. She recognizes that, that what he's telling her is something that has merit. That it has meaning, and that it is making her sit there and go, "Okay, this guy is having me think." It is more than just a serpent coming out of a tree and talking to Eve, because you have an intellect, you have a knowledge, and you have a type of control and manipulation being done by this 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 beast, as it's referring to. So you recognize it's not just an ordinary snake. That you get out of your garden or in your backyard. It's not an ordinary snake. It's not just an ordinary reptile. It is what's also known as a seraphim. And we'll get to all those in later. But it says, And the serpent said unto the woman, You shall not surely die. Now the interesting thing is, is that he throws out this thing. It says, The fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God has said, Ye shall not eat of it, neither shall ye touch it, ye see die. Now, let's take a look at it in the ESV, because I know a lot of times the King James is a little hard for some people. And that's okay. It was for me, too. It was for me, too. And you can pray about that. Uh, it says, now, and the woman said, he said unto the woman, did God actually say, in the interesting, did God actually say, you shall not eat of any tree 
in the garden. And the woman said to the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees in the garden. But God said, You shall not eat of the tree, the fruit of the tree that is in the midst of the garden. Neither shall you touch it, lest ye die. Now the serpent said to the woman, You will not surely die. For God knows that when you eat of it, your eyes will be opened. And you will be like God. So immediately he's manipulated Eve and saying, Yes, you will become just like God. Could you imagine you've been walking with God, you've been walking with him, you've been talking with him in the cool of the day, and and one of his creatures, one of his entities, tells you you want to be more like him, be closer to him, be like him. Yeah, you won't surely die. So when Eve touches the the fruit, Immediately in her mind, God says, you will surely die. Uh, you know, you, or at least you touched it. What Eve doesn't understand is, is that it didn't mean that you were going to die immediately. You're going to be bringing in that decay, bringing in that. And in doing so, it was going to eat away at you genetically. And that you would eventually die from that. But she still died. She just didn't die immediately. And that's how the serpent was able to disguise and manipulate what he was his true intent was and so when you have this we go and going to take a look here dealing with the anunnaki because i won't the other sides you have these these here and uh artifacts looks like a serpent looks like a baby um actually nursing on a serpent lady if you, uh, if you found your way to the Antarctica, or you've probably talked about UFOs, go on to that. You can check this out yourself. This is the theory of the reptilian race, also sometimes known as lizard people. And I want y'all to know that too. Now, here's what it says, because I want the secular side of this to be in here too. Reptilians that actually cropped up in science fiction throughout the uh, years time. And again, they've been written about by Robert E. Howard, uh, Clark, Ashton Smith, and H.P. Lovecraft. Those are horror writers, some of them. Sometimes real-life uh, mimics fiction. But more often, fiction mimics real life. Could it be that the inspiration of these stories runs deeper? And I, I agree with this, that it runs deeper. I think there is something in our subconscious that makes us know that these entities exist whatever you believe you recognize that these entities exist and with them existing uh it makes a type of fear now the interesting thing is, is god tells us to fear not um and not to be subject to that type to that type of fear uh and everything that you see is that you'll see where people are taking uh, lucigen drugs and being able to talk to these to the entities, they're trying to give them enlightenment, give them the ascended masters knowledge, to all this, all this, just to get the ones um, to believe that this knowledge that they're gaining is going to help them in the end. And when you see that these reptilians is just manipulation. Now, could they be? reptilians within our governments could there be shapeshifters uh as a christian as a believer i would have to say yes i would have to say yes and here's the reason why the scriptures clearly tell us that the that that uh angels have a physical body you can look no further 
then in and in, in, in going into the book of Exodus and seeing Sodom and Gomorrah. The two angels show up, the people of the town recognize them, knew they were a foreign flesh, knew they were different, wanted them, actually coveted and uh was possessive to have them and they were physical that's the same thing with uh the apostles and when they were being released out of these prisons the angels would come down yeah they would be able to uh move through objects but yet they were still solid and i believe that has something to do with the new body that Yoivahe is going to give his children when he calls us home the actual body we were supposed to have that we were you know gypped out of because we were just, we were uh, manipulated by the serpent race uh, a little bit about David Ike if you want to learn anything there is to know about the reptilians David Ike is your go-to guy if you have been around the block a few times in conspiracy circles then you have doubtless heard his name david ike differs from a lot of conspiracy theories in that his life and career were pretty mainstream from the long for a long time originally he has been a professional uh footballer later in the 80s he joined the bbc as a uh, permanent sports uh presenter and uh so he, he's actually been in there and then in the 90s Everything changed. One day he was standing. I think this is important to have. He was standing at a uh, newsstand. Ike felt a draw towards a book written by psychic healer. Uh, Brigden named Betty Shine. Eventually he visited her and she told him she had a uh, prediction for him that he would become a great spiritual healer. Now... With this, David Icke goes on, I won't read all this, but David Icke goes on and recognizes and comes out about reptilians, the biggest secret, in 1999. Um, he had a brief encounter uh, with the Anunnaki gods, or Babylonians, which is interesting because in the scriptures, the fallen ones, the fallen ones, you have pop up in the book of Enoch. If you've not read the book of Enoch, uh, I think the people should. Uh, it, I don't. I say it's an extra uh, text that will help you have a further understanding of what happened in Genesis chapter 6 when it says, and it came to pass when the men, matter of fact, I'm just going to use the ESV for this one because I like that it actually shares the actual name of these entities as it's supposed to, not just giants, but actually the Nephilim. And it says, when men began to multiply on the face of the land, and the daughters were born to them, the sons of God saw that the daughters of men were fair, attractive, and took as their wives, and they chose. Then the Lord said, My spirit shall not abide in man forever, for he is flesh, his days shall be a hundred and twenty years. The Nephilim were on the earth in those days, and also after that, when the sons of God, the Ben Elohim, came in to the daughters of man, and they bore children to them. They were the mighty men who were of all the men of renown. You have 
this wickedness. Now, a lot of times you're told, we're going to move this back up to the reptilians' artwork because I do like that artwork. You're told that uh, we had the flood because of sin was so great. The wickedness was so great in the world that God repented that he ever made man. What it really was saying, when you get back into the Hebrew part of it, what it's saying is that God, it repented God's heart because mankind had been manipulated into being complete wickedness. Complete and absolute wickedness. And if you really want to, if you want to be able to understand the scriptures, you got to understand it through genetics also. And so you have this event taking place that the gene pool of the human race that, that Yoavaya created has now been polluted not only through the sin that was introduced, which is a corruption code into the system of his system that he's created. Now the actual ones that brought the virus in is now engaging in creating new viruses and new things to bring corruption. Now, with this, when it says God repented his heart that he made man, is what had happened to our civilization. Now, if God was going to wipe out the world because sin was so great, then God should have wiped out the world when Adam and Eve sinned because at that moment, at that moment in time, sin was 100%. And the two people that was in um, that were the problem of that, they were the ones that brought the sin and accepted the sin and embraced the sin. And in doing so, you have it where sin should have been wiped out at that moment. God should have hit the re, uh, reset button and started all over. But when you start to really dig into these texts and these scriptures, and that's why I also use other cultures' beliefs when they talk about the subject of creation. And you recognize that these entities were known as also the Watchers. And they were supposed to watch over us. And you find out that they, yeah, they watched over us in their beds, essentially. And in doing so, this corruption came. And it was a, it was a thing in which mankind had become so far advanced. And I want to recommend it. If you get a chance to get this book here, it is also known as uh, Dead Man's Secrets. Uh, written by Jonathan Gray. Great book to have. It really goes into uh, our history, our our knowledge of our past, and you recognize that there is a civilization that existed This is as advanced as our civilization is today, and it was wiped out by a great flood, a deluge. And in doing so, that was God's way of resetting, which pretty much made it that when God was able to wipe out as much of this corruption code, the Nephilim, he tried to wipe that completely out to start over with the what was the eight humans who were actually flesh and blood, uh, the actual humans. And um, when you see that it says that Noah was righteous in all those generations, it's not talking about a spiritual righteousness. It's talking about a genetic righteousness. He's a genetically 100% pure. There are many theories about how the Nephilim return. Um, one thing that I, I look into is that I think the Nephilim uh, was able to return because some of the beings didn't die. I think that you have the ones of Dagon, which was more of a fish-type creatures that was able to live in the water. And the reptilians were able to 
um, not only adapt, but that's where we still have the serpent faith, the serpent religion. And you really, if you look at it, you have two Nephilim races that was kind of left over, the reptilians and then Dagons. And in doing so, they kind of worked together in the waters, the oceans, and then on the land. And they were able to essentially try to reseed their their um, their children back or the generations of it. So the question is, is that could it possibly be that reptilians are on the world and that they are in the world? My answer to that is absolutely yes. I do think so. I think that in a way, but it's in a way, in a way, in which they're able to do the same thing as the old ancient serpent. Those of you also are sitting here going, wait a second, wait a second, you're just talking about serpents well, and, and saying that's a snake. Well, Jesus tells us that um, the dragon, that old ancient serpent, the dragon, and you take a look at the dragon, and you take a look at the plume serpent in the Mayas, you take a look at the dragon in Japan and then or all Asia cultures, and you recognize that this dragon, this serpent race, has been around for a while and been manipulating for a while. And you start to recognize that these reptilians, these serpents, have actually been around and influencing mankind since the very beginning. And the reason why that they've been doing so and been so diligent in doing so is the fact of a prophecy that was made at the very beginning. And it was where God said that you will bruise his heel and he will bruise thy head. In other words, the Messiah will give the killing blow to end the manipulation and the confusion that's been given to us by the reptilians and the Dagons, the fish people. Um, read your scriptures and, and understand if you are, I would even if you're not a believer in Jesus Christ, I would recommend that you read the scriptures because you would be very surprised at seeing that, wait a second, even in those texts, these gods still show up. As always, please pay attention to your surroundings because you never know what lies around the corner. Please check me out on Anchor, Spotify, and all those other great places. And also now on YouTube, you can check out my podcast that I will be airing on it. Also, hopefully I'll be able to do these on Saturday nights, but we will see. As it is, y'all take care and God bless.